0: Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to try this theme song. Let's see if it works. It's not working. I don't know how he gets (laughs) it. Phil. Oh, well, anyway. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Screen Picks Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Kip Bowen. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about several movies coming out again on both streaming and in theaters, uh, and joining me is Mr. Joel Amos of com. Joel, how are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm doing just fine, Dandy. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's just get right on into it. So the big, big, big movie coming out this week is, of course, F9, the ninth installment in the Fast and Furious saga. Actually, the full title is F9, The Fast Saga. Uh, it stars, of course, all of your favorites, including Vin, D- Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Ludacris, uh, what's his name? Uh, I, might, uh, I don't have this up, that's why. <laughs> I can't remember everybody's name. Um, everybody's reprising their roles. Oh, Tyrese Gibson, that's what I was trying to say. Jordana Brewster. Uh, Natalie Emanuel, um, Charlie Sterling makes an appearance, and new to the cast is John Cena, who plays uh, Dom Toretto's long-lost brother. Let me read the description here. Cypher enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. That's very loosely based on a very, very generic uh, description there. Uh, It's directed by Justin Lin, of course. Um, Joel, you haven't had a chance to see it quite yet, but I'm sure you will as soon as you can. Um, Mm -hmm. I did get to go to a screening, early screening of it. Look, I am, uh, you know, I am all in with these Fast and Furious movies. I have been from the beginning, even though some of them have been, you know, uh, to a lesser just extent, you know, dumber than the other ones. <laughs> Obviously, everyone thinks the second one's not that great because Vin's not in it. Uh, also, the, the Tokyo Drift one is considered a, uh, a loser. All the cult, cult following on that one, for sure, because it introduces one of the most popular of characters, Han, played by Sun Kang. So, um He's certainly a, uh, and he uh, is, comes back in this one. By the way, I don't think I'm giving anything away. I think it's pretty much mm-hmm. been, uh, in trailers and everything, so um, I won't tell you why or how, of course. But uh, he does make, uh, he does reappear. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, I'm, I'm in, I'm in on these movies, right? And then they just started getting better. Uh, I guess Fast Five is probably my most mm-hmm. favorite, just because you. Just because it brings yeah. everybody back together again, and then it became like this whole, you know, sort of team effort uh, rather than just to concentrate on, you know, either Dom or Paul Walker character. And then when Paul Walker died, that was such a huge blow, but they, you know, managed to uh, to continue on. Um, the last one, I, was it the last one that, that Paul wasn't in, or was it two that Paul was in before this one? I can't remember.
1: Do you remember? Uh, two, two ago.
0: Okay, two ago. Um, the last the last movie they introduced, Charlize Theron is Cypher, and she was really pretty badass in that. Um, also, you find out that Dom has a son, um, and, you know, so now he's a dad, and there's all of that. You know, of course, family's always been the, the primary emphasis <laughs> of ride or die family kind of thing and all of these movies. That being said... <laughs> And like I said, I'm 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 open to every single one of these ridiculous, you know, as far as the stunts and what they do with the cars and everything. I'm I'm on board with it totally. But this one, I'm sorry, I just could not get past the the ludicrous, I should say, aha, uh-huh, pun intended, uh, ridiculous plot and. You know, even the even the action sequences, which you know, in this one are, are are they're still pretty good, but there wasn't anything outstanding. Like they, you know, you could pinpoint a an action action sequence in every single one of the different movies that you loved, right? I think the last one is when those buildings are falling. You know, the cars are falling out of the 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 um, they're racing down the streets, and the cars from the parking structures are falling out on mm-hmm. them. I, that was the coolest stunt looking. And the other, the other one of my favorites is when they're dragging the dragging the safe behind them, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that was fast five or six. I can't remember. Uh, you know, we always have our favorite sort of moments like that. There's just, there's nothing in this one that, that stands out. Not even an action sequence. It was that disappointing to me. And in fact, there is a, there's a sequence that happens in space that I just, could not believe they were doing it, and even even the two actors, Tyrese and Ludacris, they're like, "What are we doing? What is this? This is you know." They actually make fun of well, Tyrese's character, particularly that makes fun of the outlandish, you know, situations they find themselves in or get out of, or however that he actually make folks fun of that in the movie, which is is great, but it doesn't make the movie any better. <laughs> I just I couldn't I just couldn't get into it I I really wanted to I mean the the characters are starting to get tired for me um, you know the John Cena character was was just not up to par He absolutely felt the Rock's absence one hundred percent even felt Jason Statham's absence you know and Hobson and Shaw was a great movie. I thought that was fantastic. So, you know, maybe it has something to do with if The Rock wasn't in this or I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just could not gel for me. And like I said, John Cena, I I think he's a, you know, he's a pretty good actor and, and he certainly has a lot of fun with, with the projects that he does. But here he's really trying to be super serious and mean and menacing. He's he's already that just by looking at him, so then when he does the comedy stuff, it works, right? And then here mm-hmm. it's just it's just dumb. He's just dumb and a completely useless character. There is some flashbacks that you see as far as uh finally get to see what what Don's like you know, as a kid and which is working with his dad, actually like more like a young young adult, uh you know, you know older teenager type working with his dad and all that. And so that was kinda cool and I could I could absolutely see a prequel. You know? And I think I think I read that they might be talking about doing something about that. Um but yeah, overall just not compelling at all. And I was I was really disappointed because like I said, these I look kind of look forward to these movies and and we were all in the theater watching it when it was like my second theater experience. And, uh, you know, people were laughing when they weren't supposed to be laughing. That's never a good sign. Um, no. but yeah, I just, this will definitely be the worst on my list. And I know, I think we've got two more. Is that it or one more?
1: Yeah. You know? this, yeah. Is the, this is the two? start of a new, a new trilogy. Um, uh. and, and I, and I, I just, I mean, as, as each little bit of it got teased, <laughs> whether through trailers or news broke or whatever, we knew that John Cena was cast as Don's brother. I'm like, okay, this is a franchise. It's heart. It's about cars, but it's also about family. And you mean to tell right. me you're going to take to the ninth movie to tell me that Don has a brother? Like, I don't right. buy it. Like, you just you can't do that. You you should have chosen, uh, no pun intended, another avenue because you can't get nine movies into a, a family centric flick and introduce a brother. Just I, it, you know, and it's usually a, a phrase that's associated with television, but I really feel literally like, like fast saga has, has jumped the shark. Um, yeah. You know, and, yes. and I have, I have, I have been with this all the way. I love five. I really love six. I thought seven was great. And I thought Hobbs and Shaw was great. And and I just, I feel like they have jumped that shark. And to think that we still have two more of these movies, um, I I don't know. And and it's getting, it's getting slammed. I mean, there's always been critics that like, oh, it's, it's bad, but it's that, you know, what else do you expect? It's fun, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just, I'm just hearing it. It's just bad. It's just bad. It's just bad. I mean, over (laughs) and over again. (laughs) <laughs> and they may they may have to retool some things uh, or find a way for the rock and Vin Diesel to make up because you got to put the rock back in this thing. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember attending I uh, a show West, uh, and they were introducing him in, in Vegas for for something, and they called him the franchise saver. And if you look at all these franchises that he's come into and once once he arrives they've gotten better uh, i think you know you you've forgotten that lesson here um uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it just it just seemed you know we're nine movies in you know it's it just space is not the answer in terms of giving the audience something new um <laughs> yeah i i have to say i've been with this series like for 20 years but i just i i'm sorry i have absolutely no desire to see this particular one
0: Wow. Well, I, you know what? I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, they've got to retool it somehow. They've got to, uh, you know, I guess there were some people that popped up in this one that haven't been in some of the other ones. So people were cheering and I couldn't remember some of them. <laughs> like some one girl popped <laughs> up and I couldn't remember her. And, uh but you know it it's okay that's that's fine and of course the the reappearance of Han was was great. um, I love that actor, I think he's fantastic, so you know that was fun but it just didn't work it didn't it didn't matter <laughs> it didn't matter all of the things they wanna you know call out to it just didn't matter um it's funny it's got a sixty two percent on rod tomatoes, so I don't I guess maybe some critics were liking it. Apparently, basically, they're saying oh. is that we more over the top than ever. But Justin Lin's knack for preposterous set pieces keeps the action humming. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean just, he is, it just got
1: he is so a good director.
0: It, he is. He
1: is, he is. You can't fix stupid, as many people I have am. affectionately said. <laughs>
0: And, you know, John Sennett, I think he's the one who almost nearly ruins it for me, you know? And it's a shame, because I kind of do like him, like I said. He's, he's mm-hmm. got that kind of, he's, he's rock light, I guess. It's basically how, how he oh. positioned himself as a as an actor, right?
1: Yeah, but he also, like, that that role, was it in Blockers? Is that the name of the movie? With Leslie Mann? Yes. It's hysterical. <laughs> Like, that guy so has a future in, in comedy just like that. He's not even trying to be a tough guy. It has nothing to do with that. It's just funny.
0: Yes, exactly. So, anyway, that's that's my, my take on it. I'd probably give this two stars. Um, you know, obviously, the action is still, some of it's still kind of fun, but for the most part, just not, not going to be. It's going to be on the bottom of my saga list my fast saga Mm -hmm. list right there at the bottom so hopefully they can figure shit out for the next two and you know bring back the rock at some point but uh we'll we'll see if that happens anyway moving on we're going to talk about Lansky which is another one coming out this weekend that I didn't get a chance to see but you did um Let me just read the description here. Uh, When the aging Meyer Lansky is investigated one last time by the feds, who suspect he has fashed away millions of dollars over half a century, the retired gangster spins a dizzying dizzying tale uh, revealing the untold, untold truth about his life as the notorious boss of Murder, Inc. and the National Crime Syndicate. Lansky is played by none other than Mr. Harvey Keitel, which is a good casting decision, in my opinion. Uh, we also have Emma mm-hmm. uh, Anna, Anna Sophia Rob, uh, David James Elliott, Sam Worthington. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Well, you can you can talk about it. and then Anybody else that, that stands out for you? So tell us, what did you think of Lansky?
1: Um, I I really really liked it. Actually, I mean I'm fascinated by Meyer Lansky. You know, as a as a fellow Jew. Uh, we don't necessarily think of, as gangsters and tough guys as Jews. And so we, we cling on to the few that we have. And he, and he's one of them. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was a murderer and he committed a lot of crimes. But, you know, um, I, I, I especially like the, the idea of, uh, that Harvey Keitel, uh, hires a writer played by Sam Worthington to tell the real story. And basically he, he is forbidden from telling anybody that, what he's doing and he can't even release the book or the idea of the book until after Lansky's died. Um, So basically you're getting like the real deal Holyfield here and they tell it uh, through flashbacks, which sometimes can be disrupting. Mm. But in this case, I thought added a lot of weight to it. Um, The guy Mm. who played uh, a young Meyer Lansky is uh, John Magaro and he has this quiet fierceness to him that you can see why uh-huh. he was, why that guy was so feared. Um, and it's lucky Luciano and Bugsy Siegel. Don't call him Bugsy. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, as it, I, 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 I love that, that era, the idea that organized crime, like it started to run itself like a business. Um, that was really fascinating. And, and this is an angle that we haven't gotten. I and mean, i think we've heard you know the lucky luciano story before we've seen bugsy siegel's story before but and then there was a richard dreyfus meyer lansky tv movie uh some years back but it's you need somebody i mean i love richard dreyfus but harvey keitel has got the gravitas to pull off playing uh, a jewish gangster who apologizes for absolutely nothing and he's living out his days in miami enjoying the sunshine And the fact that the FBI is telling him because they think he has $300 million, which he just laughs at. He's like, do I look like I have $300 million? I mean, wouldn't I not be here if I had $300 million? And he's just kind of, you know, toying with the FBI, and that's kind of fun to watch. Um, It's just, I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, it doesn't, it's not one of these biopics that, that, that goes for the big, sweeping epic. I mean, this is, a guy telling his story, and it's rather simple. And uh, I think that, the, you know, as you know, on the show, biopics can be one of my pet peeves. And this one got it right by just picking one angle on a person and having that angle right. inform us about everything about them and everyone that they knew and associated with.
0: Right. Well, I, uh, I'm also fascinated by Meyer Lansky because, you know, not only was he, you know, quietly menacing, but he was also, you know, so successful what he did and he never got caught or never got, right. you know, fascinated. He just played the right. game exactly the way you're supposed to play it, you know? And I, I just have always kind of really was fascinated by him. Um, he has been well, played that, in several different movies by different
1: people. Go ahead, what? I was going to say, then, then you'll really appreciate this one, because he, he yeah. basically explains how he never got caught. I mean, and we learned this early on. I mean, this guy was wicked, wicked smart. And, and to, to, to kind of bring back that Boston accent, he was wicked smart. <laughs> and he is, is just, everything is in his head. So, like, there's no paper trail. There's never any paper trail. He was an accountant. I mean, they show him as a kid at like six, adding up numbers for for his pop, you know, and keeping the family business afloat. I mean, and he's like a six-year-old kid. I mean, this was a, a person with a gift. And he says, he basically says that the whole reason that he never got caught, he never got whacked, is because his brain is worth too much. There's too much hidden up there that he knows that people will be in trouble if if they rat him out or if they assassinate him, uh, the government can't catch him because he doesn't he doesn't leave a paper trail um, and mm-hmm. that I thought was was the best part of this film is showing just how smart he was, not just menacing but incredibly intelligent yeah, yeah
0: I mean you know he he was also among these great great you know, huge names in the gangster world, like Capone and Luke, like Lucky Luciano, mm-hmm. like you said, and, and Bugsy. And I guess he was, I, I love him in Bugsy, you know, uh, he was played by Ben Kingsley and, uh, you know, how protective he was actually of, of Ben. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he is you know, here too. Just, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just,
0: and he it, is I, a, he's a fascinating character.
1: Yep. He is. And, uh, Uh, he, he goes to the mat for, for Bugsy, as you know, if you've seen Warren Beatty's Bugsy movie, um, but, but you can only go to the mat so many times for somebody that, um, is going to drag you down into that quicksand. And, and that is painfully painted in this, uh, because those two are just really good friends. They are friends since they were kids and, um, the devotion and loyalty is so strong amongst these guys. Um, that it's just, you can feel the pain when one of them is yeah. is beyond saving. Um So, yeah. yeah, I just, I thought this was really well done. I love the angle on it and the acting from everybody uh, past and present is just top notch. That's great. That's good. I'm going to, I'm
0: definitely going to check it out. Oh, I just wanted to mention also, I love uh, Lee Strasberg's Hyman Roth and Godfather part two, which was loosely based on Lansky, um, but just, you know, the same kind of I'm just a I'm just a simple guy living in Florida, you know, I'm just an old man mm-hmm. living in Florida kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and he just got away with it, you know? He just got away yep. with it. So uh what uh, what rating would you give this one to five stars?
1: Uh, I'd go four and a half. I mean this is this is one five movie and and I know that uh, like Tarantino had to, to beg Cartel to come out of retirement. He's somebody who's retired or no, it was Scorsese that asked him to come out of retirement for the Irishman. Um, and then he got this script and he's like, okay, well, maybe just one more. So uh, <laughs> th- thank goodness Keitel, you know, unretired because he's just, I can't picture anyone else doing what he did with this. That's great. All right. So
0: moving on, we're going to talk about a kind of quirky horror comedy called uh, Werewolves Within. Um, it is uh I guess I, I guess it's, it's going to be, isn't it gonna be on? It's just in the theaters now, I think. Or is it streaming more? I'm not sure. I
1: always uh, could never tell. It's, if it's... In, in theaters, and then I think it, it goes on demand July 2nd, or July 4th weekend. Gotcha. Um,
0: I, I, I didn't realize this. It's based on a video game,
1: Where yeah.
0: Will Attack a Small Town. Uh, it stars a great cast, actually. Sam Richardson, who most people might know from Veep. Um, Milana Vytrump, who's the AT&T commercial girl. Yes. (laughs) fantastic. Sarah Burns, uh, comedic actress. Has done a lot of stuff. Um, Michaela Watkins, who I absolutely adore. Cheyenne Jackson. Um, Just a bunch of fun with this. But I'll let you start us off. What did you think of Werewolves Within? I loved
1: it. I mean, this is straddling (laughs) that line of comedy and horror that's just... It's just pitch perfect. I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit, a little bit. Uh, we can kind of throw these in the same area, like Anna and the Apocalypse and, like, Cabin mm-hmm. Fever and stuff like that. Or Cabin in the Woods, rather. Um, yeah. Yeah, where it's kind of like it's funny, but yet, you know, it's serious because people are dying. Um, but, you <laughs> know, you get these actors and these crazy things happening to them and just it's a ball watching them react to what's going on. And I... I got to say, I mean, I I thought Richardson was absolutely fantastic, but uh, Milana from the AT&T commercials, she was perfect. I mean, she and him, she and him together were just perfect. There was just like a little bit of romantic spark, but is there, and then like current events get in the way of them, like kissing it seems like, Um, but she's also just very pragmatic. She's supposed to be this, mail carrier woman and she ends up showing him around and he's our eyes and ears through this town of these crazy characters who every single one of them could have their own movie. They're just so rich. Um, I, I thought it was just so well-written and everybody's just so quirky and independent and um, the acting is fantastic. The, 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 the scares are there. Um, I just had a really, really good time.
0: Me too. It was hilarious. It's really about, I mean, the fact that, you know, you do have this sort of werewolf, like, that's that's attacking everyone, so you're not quite, and it could be one of them kind of thing, so you're not sure who's who, but, you know, just from the beginning, because Richardson's character plays this park renter who comes into town, he's just taking this job, and, you know, he starts immediately getting involved in, in the town politics with while Milana's character shows them around she's the she's the post office I guess the the uh mailman mailwoman uh mail person and uh and she's just hilarious kind of just going yeah well that's the mm-hmm. crazy town that we live in you know and know you meet all the different players and because the killer just cracks me up man i mean i just love her she's I'm making this little soap character, and she's just this really, like, you know, wacky old lady, or like the wacky lady in town kind of thing. Um, it was just, yeah, I just had a lot of fun. It was it was definitely, there was definitely gruesome, you know, deaths and lots of blood and gore, but that was okay. And it was just trying to figure out who, who was actually the werewolf and who wasn't, and... Uh, just that kind of thing kind of kept it going for me but but just watching the interactions between everybody, but yeah, Richardson and uh Milana, which they were just spot on you know and i I know she yeah. did a lot of um She's made she's made a you know gotten a lot of inroads with those AT and T commercials because she's just so damn cute in them, um, kind of like That's the cute. Geico lady. But she she doesn't do the Geico lady. I don't think has been any movies that I know of right now. So, but now she's finally branching out and doing movies too. So, um, you can see that personality. She just has that kind of charisma and the charm, and she was just hilarious. That whole scene where they're in the that little pub thing or whatever and they're just dancing and they're just throwing the axes and it's just it was just so good so good um, yep. yeah this is just a lot a lot a lot of fun kind of like you said ranked up there with those horror comedies that are that are so good so I mean I would give this four and a half stars how about you
1: yeah well, absolutely four and a half this, this is this is a must see uh, particularly if you're into these kind of movies and even if you're not I, I think even people that don't like horror movies, I actually think you will like this movie.
0: Yeah, I think so too because it really isn't all that scary. It's
1: just more because
0: for me, I don't think werewolves are as scary as say, like vampires. I, for me, werewolves no. are, are just as as a monster and not as scary to me because they're not. You they're know, know, cool. they, they aren't quite as. <laughs> they just and Slash, and you know, that's, you know, that's the end of that, and Miles, <laughs> vampires can be scary, because they, you know, I don't know, vampires are scary to me, anyway, so, uh so yeah, four and a half for that one, that was, definitely check that out, um, moving on, we're going to talk about uh, a film that's actually streaming on Hulu, so it's not easier to stream on Hulu, it's called False Positive. Uh, let me read the description. As if getting pregnant weren't complicated enough, Lucy sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about her fertility doctor. It stars comic actress Alana Glazer trying to branch out here and doing a, actually a really good job um, as Lucy, and then uh, Justin Thoreau plays her husband, and Pierce Brosnan plays the fertility doctor. We also have Gretchen Malls in it, Josh Hamilton, um... Sophie Bush, uh, I'll I'll start this one off. I I was I liked this. I thought that you know everyone's kind of calling it a sort of a Rosemary's Baby, uh, uh, like type film, but and so that's kind of how I went into it, you know, thinking oh it's going to be supernatural or something like that, but it's it's not quite that, and it kind of surprised me. So I liked that. I, 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 the journey she, she goes on, is really, you really aren't sure if she's imagining things or if she's, you know, uh, if she's making this all up or whatnot. Uh, or and, and that's a horrible thing to say because, you know, as we know, being, being pregnant and being gaslighted, is kind of not a good thing because you, your brain tends to do get a little wacky, but, um, I I don't know. I just, I felt her struggle through this and I thought Alana Glazer was amazing in it actually. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's so funny and and has been doing that pretty much her whole career. So, uh, but I thought she handled this really well. It was, it was John Lee is the director. Uh, I guess he, he wrote it also with Alana. Um, I thought the direction was really interesting too I mean it was it wasn't just a sort of straightforward telling there was some some interesting visuals that were thrown in there, and I thought all of that was really creepy i mean you do you just have this sort of sort of foreboding feeling through the whole thing, like what is the deal? you know what is the deal, and you know you do finally uncover what the situation is, but it's just it's it's just kind of very unsettling it's an unsettling movie uh but well done well acted i thought uh and uh, you know that ending well <laughs> i just mm-hmm. can't even you know i mean it, it's 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 a, it's a mind blower yeah and and not easy to watch in, in parts but i really i really did enjoy it how about you
1: yeah i enjoyed it too there there, there are two things that work here um for me one I have this natural uh, attraction to movies. I have dreams like this where like just crazy stuff is happening and nobody believes me. And uh, to me, that's just like the ultimate, that's the, that's the ultimate horror. And, and, and so we have that going on here. And then we also have something that I also enjoy in cinema. And that's when, when doctors tend to play God, when they think that they kind of have a God complex and, and we have a little bit of that, even though, Pierce Brosnan's character is very affable. He's very likable. He is, you can mm-hmm. see why Justin Thoreau, you know, is, it looked up to this guy as a mentor of his in med school. Um, and, and you start to, you know, and then the two things start to, to, to become interwoven. And that that, is, mm-hmm. is she crazy? Does she have a mommy brain? I mean, that drove me nuts, the mansplaining. They're like, oh, mommy brain. They say that one more yeah. time. And then, there, and then, like, his staff, Pierce Brosnan's staff, gave me a Stepford oh. Wives feel to it. Like right? these these nurses are robots. Like they're not real people. And that for me was the first sign that maybe we shouldn't go this route. Um it's the the perma smile nurses, like, aren't you special? Like, no, no, I'm getting out of here right uh-uh. about now. Um so and Justin in Thoreau, like and his performance is Is he in on it or does he not know anything that's going on? And that adds to the craziness. And I just, I thought it was a smart film. And I think it it could have been easy for anyone in the movie to chew the scenery, given the landscape of the narrative. But I I just, I thought it was just just enjoyable to watch. And it just, I didn't think about anything else when I was watching this movie. And that, I think, is probably the ultimate compliment.
0: Oh yeah. 100%. I was completely in it for the whole thing. I didn't even pause it or anything. Um, so usually if it's, you know, getting there, I'll have to pause it for a second to go to the bathroom or whatever the case may be. But I, I definitely watched this one from, from from the get go. So, um, but like I said, I think, I think it really relied on Alana's, uh, performance and she really just turned it in Mm -hmm. for me. Um, yeah. Actually, you were talking about God complex. One of my favorite underrated movies. I have to add that to my list. You know, our list that we're doing for the year. Um, Malice. Oh. Oh, that movie.
1: Uh, Alec Baldwin.
0: Yes, and and Nicole Kidman Nicole and Bill Kidman. and Bill uh, Bill, uh, <laughs> not Paxton, Pullman? The other one. Yes, Pullman. thank you. Fullman. <laughs> That movie, I've been trying to find it again to watch it, and I can't for free yet. <laughs> so I'm like, why isn't someone streaming it? Um, but yeah, that's that God complex kind of situation, and uh, is mm-hmm. uh, it's so good in that movie. Anyway, um, I digress. But so uh, yes, I, I did. I did. Bleh, I definitely enjoyed False Positive. I would probably give it four stars. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'd go four, uh, and I think it's perfect. To debut on Hulu. I mean, this is not something you have to see on the big screen. I think this is perfect on Hulu. A lot of people have Hulu. Check this flick out. And I think, you know, uh, cheers to Glazer for, for writing herself something that clearly she wasn't getting scripts, you know, beyond what people yeah. think she can do. So she wrote herself a story and good for her.
0: Yep, Absolutely. That's, that's it. And she's, you know, I mean, even though she probably isn't getting the script, she wants, she still has that clout and, you know, can get Mm -hmm. a movie made. That's, you know, that's all that, that really counts is that if you can do it yourself, then she, she obviously is a great writer. I mean, I, am blanking on her, uh, on her comic partner's name and they did that uh, broad, broad city. Was it, it's a broad city. Yeah. On comedy. Central Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember her her compadre on that. But anyway, um uh, definitely worth checking out. So uh we're getting close here to the end. The last the uh, second to the last one we're gonna talk about. Uh which I, I'm not sure if you saw. It. Did you see The Evil Next Door?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. Um I got a chance to see this. Uh it's a Swedish film actually and so I think it's already been out in the you know, internationally, but now I guess it's hitting the U.S. Um, so I'm not going to try to pronounce anybody's names. <laughs> Who's starring in this? They're Swedish. Let's just say that. Uh, but let me read you the premise. A dad moves into a new house with his son and girlfriend. He's out of town working. The son makes a new friend, in quotes, next door. Okay, here's the thing. This is definitely not a movie. That you haven't seen before. This is an absolute film that you've seen done a million different times. Which is, you know, uh, she's the stepmom and the son. You know, the son. He, he's he's young. He's like six or something, five or six. And he's he's you know he he doesn't necessarily hate her, but he's also distrustful of her a little bit. And yeah, you know, she's kind of left with him in this house and. Uh, certainly there's some kind of weird, you know, obvious supernaturally ghost kind of thing happening. Um, and she's, you know, the son is kind of getting sucked into it and he's, he, they're kind of starting to lose him in a way. And, and she's trying her best to try to figure out what's going on. And again, it's another situation where the husband, uh, comes in and he thinks she, you know, he thinks she's not taking care of him, that she might be abusing him and, you know, that that she's crazy, you know, (laughs) when she's not, and she is. Um, So it's, you know, obviously that premise, we've heard it, we've seen it, but this particular film, I was chilled. I was chilled to the bone with this. Um, First of all, the the actress who plays the, the main character, let me see if I can try to pronounce it, Dylan Gwynn, I think is her name, just gorgeous to look at i mean her the camera absolutely loved her face and she was she was mesmerizing to watch and she does a really great job trying to figure out what the heck's going on and um the kid is is his great too i i don't think i have it here what his name is but uh he you know the little kid does a nice job with it and and he's got a sweet little face and uh, you know he keeps saying, "Oh, I have this new friend and and you know of course, every time she tries to tell the husband, he's like, "What are you talking about? I don't hear anything and you know all that um but it, it, as it as it grows continually more sinister uh it 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 just it was there was so it was very atmospheric uh in a way that I think foreign films do better than us sometimes you know um it was uh I kind of had that sort of Japanese harsh uh, take to it, which is like a stark, uh, stark house, stark, you know, uh, environment kind of cold. Um, but then you have this woman trying her, you know, as best she can just try to save this little boy. And then you get to the monster part of it, uh, which was, you know, again, kind of a monster you've seen before in a way with the creaking and the whatever. And, uh, but there's like, I don't want to give, I obviously don't want to give too much, but there's this sort of climactic scene underneath the house. And, uh, it was just, it was pretty powerful. Um, and it was something, this was the part of the movie that I had, I had seen this kind of a scene before. Actually, maybe I have an, and what's the one, the Babadook? Kind of reminded me a little bit of yeah. that as well. Um, which is a great Australian film. Uh, but there's, there is this very powerful sort of confrontation, so to speak. And, um, I just, it was, it was mesmerizing. And, and I was, you know, even though I kind of wanted to hide my eyes because it was scary, I, I, I didn't because (laughs) usually I do. I hate jump scares. I mean, you hate them and you love them at the same time. Um, but you're watching this sort of very interesting, you know, kind of scene between between uh, the the woman and and whatever supernatural thing that's happening, and it was it was kind of powerful. So I I liked this movie <laughs> even though I'd seen it before. I, I thought they did a really good job in this particular situation. Like I said, it just has has such more has just this dripping atmosphere to it and this this kind of like, uh, you know, cold, and, and just the direction was just, was spot on. But again, you know, it had to be driven by this performance by this actress and she, she really did a great job with it. So, um, you know, I'm not sure where it's, where it's playing. If it's, you know, I I read that it maybe it's on Amazon, but, you know, for kind of a, a, a good little horror film, that, you know, would give you a new perspective to that kind of a genre and that sort of story, that same kind of a story, I would definitely check this one out. Um, so, and, of course, if you don't mind reading subtitles, <laughs> which in mm. this case it wasn't too bad because there's not a whole lot of dialogue. You know, it's not like they're having long conversations or anything like that. So, you know, it's easy. Um, but, yeah, I I really I liked it. I mean, I would give this one four stars. I think it was uh, – it was an interesting take on a story that we've seen before. So, um, so you'll have to check that one out and tell me what you think. All right. So All finally, right. we're going to talk about the Ice Road, which I, you have to tell me because I didn't see it, but you had a chance to see it. But you have to tell me. It just seems like Lee and Mason just keeps making the same movie over and over again. However, I could be wrong on that. Let me read the description here. Uh, After a remote diamond mine collapsed in far northern Canada, a big rig ice road driver must lead an impossible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save the trapped miners. As I said, it stars Liam Neeson, uh, also Lawrence Fishburne's in it, um, Marcus Thomas, Benjamin Walker, um, Matt McCoy, Matt McCoy, I like that actor, Uh, and it's directed and written by Jonathan Hensley. So what did you think of The Ice Road?
1: Um, I saw it as another movie that you've seen before. Um, it's <laughs> not really breaking out in some in some new uh, arenas. Uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, it's not necessarily like he swings into action. His action comes as it's needed. I mean, he's a truck driver and. And so he's not like, you know, bear brawling it with people. He just, you know, occasionally he has to do something like that. Um, so it is a little bit different than maybe like Hold Pursuit, which had him as a... a um, I love that movie. A, a, I, I really like that movie too. That, that was a very self-aware movie. Uh, this one isn't as self-aware, although there is a, a thread through it that I thought was rather touching. Um, his brother uh, is a war veteran who had brain damage, uh, from, from war and he takes very good care of him and he's his caretaker. So there's limited options for things he can do. And he's brilliant mechanic. So it kind of helps that his brother is along for the ride for this treacherous thing. Uh, but this is another where, you know, somebody, uh, involved in this rescue is not what they seem and and not what they say. And, um, you kind of see it coming a mile away. Um, But, you know, it it is, it is crazy. I mean, I've never seen any of those ice road trucker shows, but there's this curiosity that's certainly like you're, you're this big rig driving on on top of basically, which is just ice uh, over water. I mean, it just seems perilous. And, and it's April. So it's, it's kind of a little late in the season here to be crossing and the road is open because they got to get emergency supplies to these miners. So, it is somewhat original at least it's, it's premise, but it it never really takes off and, and claims an originality uh, to it. And and Neeson, you know, he seemed maybe a little frail. Um, and I think he plays it Mm -hmm. that way so that, you know, you kind of feel like he's pulling for his brother and his brother is kind of the muscle. Um, but you know, he ends up being the guy who has to sit the day clearly because he's Liam Neeson. Um, but it's, you know, and again, I think, I think like, like, um, like watching, um, the last movie, uh, on, on Hulu. This is perfect. So just watch on Netflix. This is a Netflix film. Yeah. It's an original film. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't necessarily recommend paying to see this in the theater. Uh, it's definitely worth a rental or a watch on Netflix. Um, it's not really carving any new ground. Um, but it also doesn't bite off more than it can chew. And everyone in it knows exactly the movie they're making. Sometimes the message doesn't get through and, you know, somebody can be kind of distracting. But um, right. I thought that this one really kind of came together uh, nicely in terms of what everyone uh, was there to do and what their motivations were.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll probably, I'll probably check it out at some point. What rating would you give it then?
1: Uh, Three and a quarter. Um, and I okay. give it that extra quarter because of... uh, I just love Liam Neeson. <laughs>
0: <Yeah, we, laughs> I we can love admit it. It doesn't matter what he does. I can admit it. We, we, love,
1: nope. him. <laughs> we love him. Nope. We love him.
0: No shame. No shame. No judgment. Love him. Love
1: him. Nope.
0: All right. So, uh, <laughs> so that should do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks again, Joel, for joining us. And you can check out out of all of Joel's movie reviews and features on his website themoviematch.com. Uh next week I think we've got another uh couple of biggies. We've got uh the Forever Purge, the Next Purge movie. So I'm not sure how much more of the purge movies we can take, but there you go. Uh and then also I think there's a film that's coming out on Prime, The Tomorrow War. Is that Prime?
1: Yeah. Before Prime. Yeah, yeah. I, With uh, Chris Pratt, I saw that and hey, in the. Pre- I I saw it in, uh, and participated in the press conference, so I'll I'll update ah. everybody on what was said.
0: Ah. all right, so that should do it for us. So thanks everyone for joining, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye.